So Wally, I'm kind of a dinosaur as far as medicine is concerned. I'm still in private practice. I'm still a solo doctor here in Nacogdoches, Texas. And uh, I've been fighting this battle against, you know, the changes uh, that we're seeing in medicine these days. And, you know, I had my own building. And uh, for me, it was kind of my retirement. And it was pretty much I'd put everything into that building. It was also kind of my my home away from home. It was kind of my my, my refuge, if, so to speak. And so one Friday afternoon, I was clicking buttons uh, uh, on my computer and uh, trying to finish up some electronic medical records. And I heard this funny, sound like a shotgun. And uh, it, I mean, it sounded like it just happened right outside the building. And so I went around, walked around the building. Everything was fine. My computer started acting funny. Called in my computer guy. And he said, man, everything's fine. So I said, well, what the heck? I mean, I mean it's Friday afternoon what am I doing? I mean, my family's at home waiting on me. So I got in my car and headed back to the house. And by the time I got to the house, the emergency room called me and they said, doctor. Uh, and I said, wait a minute, I'm not on call. This is no, that's not what we're calling. Your building is on fire. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former Army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And I assure you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having more as long as you're doing something bigger than yourself and you're adding value to others. It has been a little while. It has been a couple months. I think it was May 21st or something like that since the last time I posted an uh, interview, and that interview was with J.V. Crumb III. Absolutely amazing conversation. Make sure you go check that out with The Conscious Millionaire. And I have to say, thank you very much to those of you who reached out to me uh, periodically to ask me if everything was all right. There wasn't an episode posted, and uh, I know some of you kind of wait for them. And I greatly, greatly appreciate that. And I thank those of you who reached out. I've already reached out to you personally to thank you. Uh, and I greatly appreciate you for noticing that I wasn't posting any episodes and check on me, see if everything's okay. Everything is okay. In fact, everything is great. Uh, since the COVID thing hit, I got super busy with my business as a business uh, consultant. And it's just ramped up and gone international. I've now got clients and coaches on my team all over the world. It's super exciting, but it's been keeping me very busy. And I have not forgotten about all of you amazing abundant leaders out there and men of abundance listeners and all of the people I've already had conversations with for the show. So I'm in the process of ramping that back up. So why did I stop? What made me hold back? Well, I'm not at liberty to talk about that right now, but stay tuned because I will be re revealing what I'm up to in the next couple of weeks, and you are absolutely going to love it, and many of you are going to greatly benefit what it is that I've been working on that'll be coming up in the next two to three weeks. 
So be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player if you haven't done so already. And I would greatly appreciate it if you were to go over to iTunes or even use your podcast player that you're using to leave a rating and review. I can't express how important this is in the podcasting world and the search engines so that other people can find men of abundance and get access to these amazing conversations, these life-changing, life-altering conversations like the one we're going to have today. So be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward. Take just a couple of minutes, leave a rating and review for men of abundance so others can find these conversations and get out of them what you've been getting out of them. I greatly appreciate you. So I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun with this conversation. But I do have to warn you, the kick in the gut moment that our feature guest shares with us today is a gut wrencher. So I want to prepare you for that. But it's super important because it is sure to light your soul on fire for whatever it is that you want to do and achieve in life. So let's get right into it. Our feature guest today is a surgeon, author, and storyteller who has had a ringside seat to the sick and suffering. He's the best guy to see on your very worst day of life. Chuck has been married to Joanna for 24 years. Together they have five children and live in Texas. His new book, A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and the Suffering, helps those facing a health crisis change focus, embrace their obstacles, and move forward. And you can find that book and so much more amazing information about Charles Page at charlespage.com. Make sure you go check it out. Now, Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Charles Page. Dr. Chuck, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing, man? Great, Wally. Good to be here. Excellent. Where are you at in the world? Nacogdoches, Texas. Uh, it's deep East Texas. I've been all over Texas as we were talking pre-show, but I have not been to nor even heard of Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> well, we call it Naca Nowhere. So there's a so there's a Nacogdoches, Louisiana. If you think about the Louisiana Purchase side, the French called the Indians Nacogdoches, and so on the Spanish side, they described the Indians as Nacogdoches. So there's a Nacogdoches, Louisiana, and a Nacogdoches, Texas. They kind of mirror each other. Very, very interesting. I got educated today. I love it. Anytime I can learn something new, I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I appreciate that. Well, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Where do I start with that? You know, um, so before the coronavirus pandemic hit, I was in Africa and I was over there working at a hospital. And uh, man, I just realized how many things that we take for granted every day. You know, mm. with the coronavirus pandemic and, you know, having, uh, you know, everybody's been so concerned about resources, you know, and when you care for patients over there, you realize there are no resources. So we're just mm. so fortunate to be in a place where we have, um, you know, not only do we have, um, you know, tons of medical resources and things. We just live in a really, a really good place. And I think so often we just lose sight of that. I'm also thankful for my family. Uh, I'll be celebrating my 25 year anniversary with my wife this year. And she's put up with me. We've got five great kids who are making good choices. So, you know, and then, then we get into the spiritual things, you know I mean? I'm just so thankful just for the fact that, um, you know, God loves me that God has done for me what I couldn't do for myself, you know? So, I mean, just so many levels of things to be thankful for. 
Wow, absolutely. Definitely a lot to be thankful for there. And I'll tell you, I do wish more people could get outside of their little bubble, outside of their circle, outside of their state, let alone outside of the yep. country. Because my experience, having been to 23 countries on five continents with nothing more than an aid bag, and I've traveled with, <laughs> with you know, I've traveled with providers and I've traveled with all kinds of medical equipment and from various things from just an aid bag to a full surgical team. But for instance, when I was in Honduras, we used to go down to Macora and I literally had in my aid bag more than the doctor had in his clinic. Uh, and we would always take some of our stuff down there for them. So, and wow. not, not just about the medical assets, but just about, you know, life, luxuries of life in general that we have access to, even if it's government provided, we have so much more than Absolutely. the average person in, around the world, especially Africa and places in South and Central America where I've been and all over Asia. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives you a different perspective of life and living and uh, definitely makes you so much more thankful. Absolutely. It de definitely minimizes the, um, the complaining as well <laughs> because I hear things <laughs> yes, and I'm sir. like, you know, and I try not to, uh, you know, it's their reality. It's anybody's personal reality. But my thing is, is I have this little thing that I say, and it's kind of true in my world is that, well, you know, I'm sleeping in a warm bed tonight and I'm not being shot at or dodging mortar rounds. So it's a good day. <laughs> it know? can always be worse, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly could. You know, so thank you for that. Thank you for doing what you're, what you're doing. And what were you doing over in Africa, by the way? I'd love to know, hear that story. Well, so um, I'm training surgeons over there. So they have about 10 different surgery residencies uh, based in mission hospitals where, you know, we're training surgeons not only um, to become better surgeons, but to become better people, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. and there's so many challenges I think that doctors are facing today, wherever you live, you know, um, in fact, interestingly, in the United States, the suicide rate for doctors is the highest of any other profession. So we're really, you know, in a crisis as far as doctors. So like you said, for me, going over there is an attitude adjustment. You know, I realize, you know, because, I, I, you know, there's so many things that I get upset and I complain about. But when I go over there, I realize, man, we've really got it good. But so we're over there just investing in the lives of these surgeons. You know, you're not going to change sub-Saharan Africa. They do crazy things and you see things that just, you know, just, just make you just makes your head spin mm -hmm. but but when you invest in the lives of other people they're the people that are going to change africa you know as they become the leaders in medicine and the leaders in surgery they're the guys that are going to make the difference well it's all about just being that example um making sure that they have the technical skills but then as a man as a human being being that example uh, I've had the opportunity to do that as well. And I know the feeling, uh, especially when there's challenges like in the Middle East. Uh, and yeah. specifically, one specific example, I was in Uzbekistan and we were sitting around a table with a bunch of doctors and nurses and we're all just talking and sharing ideas and technologies. And we were just, I couldn't believe they still had um, sutures uh, in like little vials that you had to break open. It was really interesting. Uh, but <laughs> I've never we, seen that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was the, this was mid nineties. Yeah. And so as we walk from that building over to, we were going to get lunch or something and I'm walking with a couple of the guys and all of a sudden I feel somebody grab my hand and it was a rough hand. It was one of the guys. 
right? That's walking along and it's just normal to hold hands when you're walking down there in that environment and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> but, I, you know, when you're in Rome, you know, it's like, it was an interesting experience and I really cherish those moments. So, and I'm sure you do as well. I'll tell you one of the funny things about that, you know, and sometimes we, 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 we kind of are used to weird things like that, but in another culture, but, mm -hmm. you know, even with my sons, you know, it's funny with kids, you yeah. know, uh, before they're 12, they think you're Superman, you know, and then after 12, it's a whole different game. But I remember my kids were about 11 or 12. My boys would, we'd be somewhere and they want to hold my hand. And it was just so odd. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because now even in our culture that has a different context, but, you know, um, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. My 10 year old still does. He, same thing. We go to the parks or we go over wherever he still wants to hold my hand. That'll, I've got a 26 year old and a 20 year old too. So you're right. It's about, it stops about that time. <laughs> 13 in the teens are like dad who, you know, not really, but they're not holding your hand anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a whole different game. In fact, I would do that with my 20-year-old once in a while. We'd be walking through the parks and I'd reach over and grab his hand. He'd look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing stuff like that. They know I'm crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, before we got started here, I, I shared your bio, and that's some of the professional stuff that you're doing. But we like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, share with us, you know, how would you describe yourself? Well, um, I am a person who continues to fall forward. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. <laughs> you know, I mean, I continue to fall forward. I mean, definitely I believe that's what grace is about, is that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so, you know, I, I'm not perfect, uh, and I make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that always likes to have my hands in a lot of different things. And so, you know, with that comes failure. But I'm like that surgeon, you know, that used to say, you know, I've never made a mistake, but I got a real short memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but I've, I'm learning to, 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 you know, to, there's things that the old saying, you know, we remember things that we should forget and we forget things that we should remember. And I'm learning to forget those things in life that I should forget and just move on. And I think that's uh, one of the keys to, you know, to being successful spiritually, um, you know, in business and in your relationships, you know, we just kind of have to keep going. And sometimes that involves making mistakes and, you know, being able to just um, fess up and say, hey, you know, I was wrong and, and you know, and, and move ahead with people. Yeah, I totally agree. And we do, many people do hold on to things they should uh, forget for much too long. I love that saying, how you just stated that. I can't re repeat it at this point, but I appreciate you saying that because that is very, very profound uh, to reflect on that, guys, to, to go back and rewind it and listen to that again and even write it down, I would think, to put it in front of you. Well, I don't know if I can say it again either. <laughs> well, we remember, good, but anyhow, we, we got to record it, so it's good. Yeah, we remember the things that we should forget, and we forget the things that we should remember. Amen. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, you've obviously have have had the opportunity to do some amazing things in your life, and you're falling forward. And along the way, sometimes we get kicked in the gut a little bit. Um, I'd like for you to share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. And then we're going to get into what did you learn from that and what have you done with that information? Has it helped you at all? And have you been able to reach out and pay it forward to help others with that information? 
So Wally, I'm kind of a dinosaur as far as medicine is concerned. I'm still in private practice. I'm still a solo doctor here in Nacogdoches, Texas. And uh, I've been fighting this battle against, you know, the changes uh, that we're seeing in medicine these days. And, you know, I had my own building. And uh, for me, it was kind of my retirement. And it was pretty much I'd put everything into that building. It was also kind of my, my home away from home. It was kind of my my, my refuge, if so to speak. And so one Friday afternoon, I was clicking buttons uh, uh, on my computer and uh, trying to finish up some electronic medical records. And I heard this funny, sound like a shotgun. And uh, it, I mean, it sounded like it just happened right outside the building. And so I went around, walked around the building. Everything was fine. My computer started acting funny. Called in my computer guy. And he said, man, everything's fine. So I said, well, what the heck? I mean, I mean it's Friday afternoon what am I doing? I mean, my family's at home waiting on me. So I got in my car and headed back to the house. And by the time I got to the house, the emergency room called me and they said, doctor. Uh, and I said, wait a minute, I'm not on call. They says, no, that's not what we're calling. Your building is on fire. Mm. And so, you know, I turned back and of course, watched my building go up in smoke. And uh, man, it's just one of those things. It was one of the most uh, challenging moments of my life. I mean, there's been others, you know, that you're talking about that kick in the gut moment, but you know, here it was, I mean, you know, am I going to be able to survive, you know, in the context of, you know, private practice and being a doctor and I really didn't want to be an employee. I wouldn't, wouldn't make a good employee. So as I'm watching things rise, I began to realize that, man, you know, life's never going to be the same. My wife held my hand and she said, you know, honey, uh, you know, all is not lost. And um, as we began to look into the, into the building, you know, of course, it was pretty much just, I mean, it was, it was gone. You know, there's just muck and old black water coming out of the roof. You know, this part of the structure was still there. There was something that I really, you know, I was trying to find things that I could hang on to, you know. And as I as I walked around, I remembered there's a stairwell. In fact, I've been praying in this stairwell. I, I'm a I'm a prayer challenge person. I I can't stay still long enough to really pray. And <laughs> and so what I would do is I'd kind of crawl up the stairs, and it would kind of help me to focus on on praying. And it, it was kind of a place where I'd met with God, and you know, and I'd went through all the challenge, a lot of the challenges that we face, you know, as doctors these days, and as a as a man and, you know, as a husband, all these things, it was just a place where I had met with God. And I kind of wondered what would be there in that stairwell. And sure enough, the stairwell had survived the fire. And in that stairwell, I found four things that really, um, I felt like I could rebuild my life upon. And one of those things was a Bible. The Bible had been, uh, I mean, it had been burned. I mean, there was soot all over it, but yet it, it had survived the fire. You know, um, the second thing was an old black doctor's bag. You know, I had one of those old doctor's bag, you know, the doctors mm -hmm. carried. It was funny. The black soot had made it look almost new. <laughs> you know, I realized, you know, that even though I hadn't lost, and then I lost my building, I hadn't lost my practice. Yes, it was going to be different, but, you know, there was just, you know, I still had the opportunity to serve people, irregardless of what context that was in. The third thing up 
the stairwell was pictures of my five kids. My wife had made these pictures of our kids at four years of age. And right as the kind of the stairwell turned, there was the picture of my kids and they were still intact. Uh, it's funny, the, the fire had kind of singed them and they kind of had this gray looking appearance where all the color had been bleached. And it kind of looked like Ansel Adams pictures, but there was my kids and I realized, wow, that's something that I really need to invest my life. You know, and I mean, I still had, my children and there were people in my life that I could still influence, you know, for Christ and for a positive way. Mm. And then up at the top of the stairs, my wife, she had painted this beautiful wall and it was this beautiful stained wood and she had put this cross on the wall and man, it just looked hideous. It was all charred and black and just full of soot. And when I got up there and I began to take that cross off the wall, I began to realize that, Behind the cross where it was nailed to the wall, there was still a beautiful stained image of the cross there. You know, and as I thought about that, I thought about, wow, you know, so often in our lives things happen that we just, we just can't wrap our mind around, we just can't explain. But yet, the purpose of all those things, I believe, is that God wants to, you know, imprint His image in our lives through that suffering. You know, and uh, those were four things I felt like I could rebuild my life upon. You know, first of all, the scriptures and, you know, those things that never change. Um, you know, my practice, you know, what I'm called to do as a doctor, my family, friends, people I can influence. And, you know, finally, there's just going to be things that happen in our lives that we just can't explain, you know. But yet knowing that, you know, God's going to work all those things out for a reason, you know. Um, and we're, we're never going to be able to wrap our mind around the meaning of why we go through some things on this side of eternity. I just believe that. But yet what's most important is those are the things I believe that God uses the most to take and really conform us into his image and, and, re, and show the reflection of who he is through those things. Well, that's a very powerful message. And thanks for sharing that. That's uh, very personal. And I, I greatly appreciate you sharing that with us. I can't imagine uh, sitting there watching that burned down like that and but get so much such a strong message out of it well i'll tell you and, and you know we're talking about the gut level moment kind of the kick in the gut and the change uh, so you know i live in a small town and this got around it was on the news and everything and and man i'm just you know trying to figure out you know what to do next and and i was on call that weekend you know actually i was on call so i had to go and see people in the hospital and and really what motivated me the most was hearing people's stories. I mean, I had a man that told me his story and, you know, he said, doc, you're not going to believe this, but my house burned down too. And I had an invalid wife in the house and I couldn't get her out. And I had to watch my house burn with her on the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, as I heard that guy's story, I realized, man, I have nothing to complain about. I, you know, whatever pity party I might throw, it pales into com comparison to what that guy's going through. And, and you know, it's, it's funny. As I began to hear people's stories, something began to click on the inside, and I began to think, wow, you know, man, stories, you know, when we hear the stories of other people and what they've gone through, it really it, it really does something to us, even more than the platitudes and, you know, the scriptures that we know that, you know, they're true, but yes, but on the other hand, we're true, but it really doesn't connect with us sometimes, you know, and, uh, but the stories really make a difference. And that's kind of what I think in a sense, 
kind of motivated me to start writing this book, you know, a spoonful of courage. These are stories of people who have went through, you know, difficult times and have kind of went through on the other side and, 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 you know, they've kind of uh, became better and, you know, God's kind of done some great things in their life through that. So, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still, like I said, falling forward. Well, speaking of your book, a spoon, spoonful of courage, um, Tell us a little bit more about the book and, and, you know, I see your inspiration, of course, but, uh, you know, who's specifically it for? What's, what's the premise of it? Well, um, it's for anyone who's going through a health crisis, you know, and in fact, you know, think about the COVID crisis now and what people Mm -hmm. are going through. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are so afraid of dying that they don't, they don't really live, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we all kind of have that fear every once in a while. But but what these stories are, these are real stories about real people, and it just shows the impact that faith makes. I mean, um, you know, suffering is real. That's why it's not called a spoonful of sugar. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat suffering. I mean, it's real, and it's, you know, I mean, it's tough. And I've And as a surgeon, I've kind of had this ringside seat to see how people suffer. And I've seen the, you know, the positive and the negative to how people go through tough times. But what the stories, what I hope the stories do is help people to change focus. You know I mean? So often we go through a, you know, a challenging time and we, you know, we focus on our feelings. You know, we feel alone. We feel afraid. We feel inadequate. All of those emotions go through our minds and kind of what I want the, the stories to do is kind of help people to go back and, focus back on the facts you know facts faith and then our feelings and so that's kind of what i'm hoping that people will get uh through the through the book by the way it's for free right now on amazon so you can just go to you know amazon and get a free kindle download on it but my my publisher felt like it was uh you know a good idea just to give it away for free right now because mm-hmm. it's it's such a needed topic right now and it's on the it's on the forefront of everybody's mind yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And listen, guys, you know, we were talking about traveling and getting outside of your little bubble. Uh, for those of you who have not, I think the next best thing is to read, uh, read about the stories of people and, and get, you know, feel the empathy, I guess you could say in their lives, and get an understanding of what other people are going through to kind of put your life into perspective. Is that um, accurate? Yes, sir. They say readers are leaders, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, I'm a surgeon, so I'm kind of challenged when it comes to reading. <laughs> <laughs> At least the interns say that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, reading is, I mean, reading is huge. Yeah. At least you put yourself into those situations and uh, kind of, you know, see, see life through somebody else's eyes and walk in somebody else's shoes, so to speak. And you tend to uh, be more appreciative of your own life, or you could just watch uh, old reruns of Jerry Springer. Uh, that'll do it too. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like I live that every day. <laughs> yeah, I used to say that all the time. I watch Jerry Springer so I can be more appreciative of my own family. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it works too. But whatever works for you guys. I mean, the bottom line is just, you know, just understand that everything in perspective, you know, it's, it's all about perspective. And that's why I like to say I've been through a lot of different stuff. I've, you know, I've been in a homeless situation. I grew up in a, tra- a single wide trailer behind another man's house. You know, I've been all over the world. I've seen true, honest to goodness poverty. Um, I've been to places where women don't have the rights, nearly the rights that we do here in, right. our, in our world. 
um, and other people for that matter and how kids are treated. It's just a, it's a terrible thing. So I, I have, and I've jumped out of airplanes. You know, you're talking about people being afraid of death. <laughs> I know people that, right now that are terrified. Man, that puts, that puts folly forward <laughs> to a whole different level. Indeed, Wally. indeed. For sure. <laughs> for, it certainly does, man. Cause you literally fall out of the airplane. You don't really jump. Um, so there's a little info for you guys there. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I, and we start to say I've cheated death once again. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've done some things. So I know people right now that are really terrified of going outside. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I'm healthy though. I get it for those who have an immune deficiency of some sort and are much older. And because I've been watching the data and seeing that all of right. that, what are your thoughts to those people? Cause I'm going to put this out there sooner than later, uh, for the, just because of the nature of the conversation. But what do you say to those who are afraid to go outside right now with everything going on and not live their life? Well, you know, like I said, there's so many people that are afraid of dying that they don't really live. And I think that's one of the take home messages that we need to kind of we, we need to get deep in our souls is that, you know, God's God's got us. You know, we're going to be OK. You know, as far as the covid virus, you know, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of, of, of fear and I believe hype over the covid virus. Yes, people are dying. And yes, it is more severe than the flu. And um uh, but, you know, but what we see often on the media is that tip of the iceberg. You know, we see the ICU doctor or the ER doctor in a place where it's, you know, so, so bad. What we don't see is we don't see the primary care doctor who may see 15 or 20 COVID viruses, you know, patients with the COVID virus every day. So we got to keep things in perspective, just like you said earlier, perspective. It, it, it's, it's about that. Yes. I mean, there are people that are, you know, at high risk for this. And uh, those are people who need to continue social distancing. I mean, you know, good common sense is good. But, you know, it's crazy even in the medical field. I have two hospitals in this town and each have different strategies for the virus. And, and no one really knows what the right strategy is. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you can't stop a virus. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, the idea of flattening the curve, I mean, that was a good, a good thing. You know, now at this point, I think we're, you know, we have to change the strategy a little bit. And I really, I know you're in Tampa, Florida's strategy seemed to be a really good strategy where the people that were at risk, you know, we tend to protect them and we tend to get most of us back who are pretty healthy back into, into, into daily living. Um, as far as the healthy people, though, you know, the other extreme of that is I see a lot of people who are healthy and are not really thinking about other people, you know, and, and really it's about, um, you know, your cousin who has breast cancer, who's immunosuppressed with chemotherapy or your grandmother who has, uh, you know, lung disease or whatever, multiple medical problems. You know, we got to think about those people. And so we really need to keep our social distancing, you know, and I'm not here to beat you over the head, whether you should wear a mask or not wear a mask. I mean, there's not a lot of, of scientific evidence either way about this, you know, and it's, and so it's funny, but I do think just good common sense, washing your hands and trying to stay away from folks who, you know, who are at risk for having problems with the COVID virus. I mean, I think that makes good sense, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that everybody can do. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, that's in line with what I'm uh, reading and my personal experience in the medical field as well in relation to the masks. I mean, like the N95, which I was fitted for several throughout the years. And I think they said it, it, it can, um, what is the, basically it, it blocks 
uh, up to 0.5 microns or something like that. Yeah. And I think the COVID is like 0.2. So it's going <laughs> to get through. <laughs> right. You know, and that's and, the whole, yeah. And, yeah. And if you think the bandana is going to make a difference. Yeah. I think you got the know, bandana. So. The bandana ain't doing, doing much, much at all, especially if you wash it once because the right. threads get, you know, sure. get thinner. So, so uh, yeah. So, and that's the whole thing. And, you know, and, 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 you know, actually hospitals and stuff. I mean, they're making all these crazy rules that really don't really have any science behind them. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, uh, you know, I mean, if you, you think about it, though, the mask, I mean, if you have the disease and you cough, at least it will catch the majority of the respiratory droplets. So, so there is, there is kind of a method, you know, to the madness, mm -hmm. but I mean, I just think common sense needs to rule. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the biggest concern is those that are definitely at risk. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, I appreciate that you uh, share that news wasn't really part of our conversation per se, but with everything going on and coming from you, I greatly appreciate that because you have a private practice, which thank you, by the way, that's not an easy task for those who don't know, not many doctors uh, actually do very well in a private practice. I know this personally because of doctors I've talked to who have tried it and then there's so much red tape and then there's malpractice lawsuits and there's this, they, they can't practice. They spend all the time doing all the paperwork and whatnot and the coding and everything. So thank you for that. It's uh, it's, it's been a challenge, <laughs> but it's worth it, you know, but it's worth it. I'll tell you to run my own business and be able to, um, you know, and I, and I think about, uh, you know, the people that work for us and, you know, we provide them jobs and they're really like part of my family. I mean, this mm -hmm. is more of a, I mean, it's a, it's a business, but it's also a ministry. It's both. It's a business tree. And, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> we're able cool. to, like and we're able to care for a lot of people. Actually, you know, we serve in an underserved area. So we're able to care for people a lot of times who don't get care from the hospital or the employed doctors, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and that's kind of what's happened with medicines changed and, you know, we've really kind of lost our focus. It's really about the patient. And, uh, you know, especially with all the, the changes that have came down the pike, um, you know, it's, it's really becoming more about economics than ethics and relationships. And, and uh, you know, and that's one of those things I'm trying to hold on to as long as I can. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks again. Well, Doc, I'll tell you, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Sure. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Oh, wow. I think, first of all, um, accepting your circumstances, you know, first thing, acceptance, you know, accepting whatever circumstances that we're in that, you know, that God has, uh, he may not have, uh, he may not have done this personally to you, but he's allowed it for a reason. You know, and there's opportunities for growth, uh, opportunities to influence others, you know, in our difficult circumstance. So acceptance, you know. And then the next thing I would say is probably adjustment. You know, we're going to have to make adjustments in our lives, both spiritually. You know, there's some things often when we go through a difficult crisis in our lives, you know, we, we kind of realize where we've, we've been kind of messing up and not measuring up. And so we, we have to make adjustments spiritually, you know, coming back to God in areas that we need to making men's and relationships and things and, and adjusting things. And then finally, cooperation, you know, realizing that um, no matter, uh, you know, what the circumstances we face in our life, COVID virus or, you know, sick spouse or financial problems, whatever they are, um, 
you know, that we can cooperate with God and that God has a way to, to kind of uh, to empower us, either to, either to deliver us, deliver us out of that circumstance or empower us and equip us to go through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. What, what are the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? What individuals? No, what rituals? What, what habits rituals? rituals? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Every day, is a, <laughs> every, every day is a new day for me, Wally. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I really believe that, um, you know, getting up in the morning and, um, you know, reading, reading the Bible, getting a good night's sleep, you know, going to bed at the same time is really uh, significant. I mean, I actually wrote a book on that. And I'm one of those do as I say, not as I do doctors. I found that I had a sleeping disorder and didn't even know it. So, so you know, getting a good night's sleep, um, you know, um, uh, reading your Bible, you know, really nurturing your time with God, spending time with the people that mean the most in your life. I mean, you know, it seems like for me, everybody wants a piece of me. And uh, learning to say no and really put my kids, um, you know, my kids and my wife as a priority because they're really going to be our legacy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think those are things that really uh, make a difference and make life worthwhile for us. I'm trying to do some exercise now and get my body back in shape, which at 52 years of age is really tough, especially when you've been neglecting your body for so long. You know, if I know I was going to mm -hmm. live this long, I would have took better care of myself. <laughs> And that's the truth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, when I, we were invincible in our in our 20s, even into my 30s, I felt the same way. But yep, it seemed like 38 came. I was like, where the heck that come from? Yeah. So other than your book, of course, I want to get a hold of and t definitely get into that. But what are, what are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? I'll tell you a book that I'm reading or I've just finished reading is a book called Messiology. It's by a guy named George Verrer. He's a missionary and it's kind of an older guy. And what I like about it is his authenticity and his honesty and his transparency. And kind of the whole theme of the book is that God uses messed up, broken people because that's all he has. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, and to me, that's just, I mean, that's just comforting just to think that, that, you know, that God uses, even, you know, God uses messed up broken churches, messed up broken businesses, because that's really all he's got. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of the economy of, of God. And so just to take a deep breath and know that, you know, life, you know, we're never going to be perfect. It's about more about direction than perfection. You know, it's yeah. about, you know, I mean, the perfection is taken care of spiritually, you know, because, you know, Jesus took our place and he's our substitute and all that, but, but it's more about direction, you know? And so it's a good book, Messiology. Um, yeah, a ton of books, but that's the, that's the most uh, recent one I've read. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'll check that out. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Fear. Can you build on that a little bit? I know there's a lot of fear going on right now absolutely fear i mean you know we're afraid of things that may never happen i mean like like we've said you know covid virus everybody's afraid of uh, you know afraid of something that i mean you know we're so afraid of dying that we don't actually live you know and and that's one of the things about really about going to africa that really changes my attitude even mm -hmm. about the covid virus i mean you know we talk about ventilators and resources where well, there are no ventilators in africa so if you get covid virus guess what you're dead, 
You know, I mean, there is no, there is no resources. And so, you know, and it's funny, those people, they, they don't seem to have a fear of, of death. I think death and, and, and the fact knowing that bad things are just going to sometimes happen, that they just are so much more accepting of that than we are. I mean, we think that, you know, everything in our life are, you know, all of our ducks have to be in a row. And, and, and I think, you know, fear keeps us from, you know, moving forward. You know, it keeps us from, you know, taking the next step and, and fulfilling the purposes for which, you know, for which we were designed to, you know, to, to walk in. You know, I mean, fear is just one of the most crippling things. And we all experience fear. You know, I mean, I don't think I think fear is a common emotion that we all go through. I mean, don't you, Wally? I mean, uh, there's days that I just feel like, uh, I'm just afraid. And 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 so we all have those experiences, but we still have to you know, get up and keep going. Uh, who was it, Wally? I, I think it was John Wayne said this, you know, fear is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway, you know, we still got to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we still got to get up and, and keep going in spite of our fear. I mean, um, and uh, so, so yeah, I think fear is one of the most debilitating things that people, uh, that, that people face. It, it's a very good point. And, you know, fear can be a very good tool as well, because I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was airborne and jumped out of, you know, perfectly good airplanes with a bunch of other guys at night, nonetheless, in the middle, <laughs> jumping into the dark, you're, my senses were, I was, I was alert every single time. I'm paying attention to the guy in front of me because so much can go wrong so quickly. Right. And it really heightened my senses. And I used the fear and as as a way to really pay very close attention to my surroundings and everything around me and take an action anyway, taking the jump because um, you know, people say, well, failure, if all failure is, is the uh, act of taking no action. So, Correct. you know, yeah. and, and if you really look at the definition of it, so ultimately as long as you're taking action, then you're not failing by definition, you're moving forward, but <laughs> fear can be paralyzing. I mean, you think scared, you know, scared stiff. It's real. Yeah. That's Fear something is I've real. Never, I've never jumped out of a plane, Wally. I mean, that's something that, uh, man, I'm going to have to do one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it in the military. Once I get over my fear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's how you do it. <laughs> it's easy to say it. It's a different thing to jump out of a plane. <laughs> it is. It is, for <laughs> sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, yeah, and, and it's the same thing as, you know, um, a salesman picking up the phone, you know, yep. or a new salesman or, you know, just picking up the phone or, you know, calling that that, you know, significant other that you hope you will be a significant other at some point and calling them up and saying, Hey, will you go out on a date? It's fear. You know, your palms start sweating yep. and you get scared. And, but look, if here's the fact, here's the truth. If you don't do it, you're never going to get what it is that you're after. Hmm. You know, you got to take that action. So you got to get over that. And I really Here's like what you, done. and I really like what you said, you know, that fail, failure is often just in action. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. not, it's just, you know, there's risk in not doing anything as well. I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to face risk no matter what. And so um, why not move forward? Yeah, absolutely. You got to do it one way or another anyway. So might as well move forward and get closer to the goals that you want. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you? You know, abundance is one of those words that just has so many connotations. Um you know, I mean, I think that we can live an abundant life, um, you know, as God promised, uh, in whatever circumstances we face, you know, whether it be, um, you know, being financially wealthy or being broke. You know, I mean, I can't tell you, uh, you know, one of the things, too, 
going over to Africa, I've realized is that so often we focus on our resources instead of focusing on the source, you know, and um, I'll tell you, I had a lady once, I, I'm going to tell you this story real quick, but mm -hmm. there was a lady that came in when I was at Bongalo, which is in over in the Congo, and she had gotten stabbed with a machete in her axilla, which up in the armpit. If you, if you know about those injuries, those are tough injuries mm -hmm. to fix. And the lady was bleeding to death. It was the middle of the night, and it was just a mess. You know, you can't get blood. There's no ventilators. And, you know, and, you know, I, I realized through a prayer of one of the residents that time that, that really the source was not, you know, that, the, 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 that we shouldn't focus on the resources but on the source. And, and, you know, I don't know how that lady survived, but we fixed that lady's artery and she walked out of the hospital. And, and I began to realize, you know, that really abundance comes from, from, from drawing upon the source, you know, and no matter what circumstances that we're in, I mean, you know, if we're drawing upon the resources that God gives us and focusing on the source, we're going to be okay. And I think that's how Paul was able to say, you know, I've learned to be content in whatever state that I'm in, you know, whether I'm, um, you know, whether I'm, um, you know, I'm in poverty or I'm, or I'm in abundance, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm content, you know, and I'll tell you, even health wise, I mean, some of the healthiest people I've seen are people who are dying with cancer, you know, and so it gives a whole different, I think, dimension to what it means to live an abundant life when we focus on the source and we draw upon the source and the, and the things that God gives us. Absolutely wonderful. I love that. That's a great way to, to end this out and we're going to close this up. But before we do, actually, I want to ensure that uh, you got your message out that you wanted to get out. So what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today and how can we get more of you uh, other than getting your book on Amazon? Well, I think we've talked about life, the universe, and everything today, Wally. I think, so. I think, I think we solved it all. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, you can connect with me at charleswpage.com. Um, you know, if you would like, you can uh, get more information by texting the word BELIEVE to uh, 66866, and that'll connect you with our, you know, with some of our uh, literature and stuff. I and mean, we've got some free stuff and free books uh, that you can download on our website. But, you know, right now, you know, the book is for free. Um, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing ab abundance by starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but you can get the book for free, A Spoonful of Courage, there on, uh, on, on Amazon and download the Kindle. You know, if you, if you would, uh, just leave me a, if you do get it for free, leave me a, you know, a positive review. That would help out a lot. So, but we're here to sell. I mean, we're here to serve people, not sell them something. So, uh, but you can, like I said, if you just, you know, text believe to 66866, you can reach us there too. Excellent. And guys, listen, if you do go get that book for free, be abundant in your actions, pay it forward, leave a review, uh, because that's how you're paying for the book. And uh, on top of that, you're getting so much out of it without a doubt. So be abundant in your actions and pay it forward on that one. I greatly appreciate this conversation. It was a blast. I look forward yes, to sharing you with everybody else. So go out, live your life of abundance, Doc, and keep paying it forward. Thank you, Wally. Thanks for having me uh, on the show. For sure. All right, so here's your action step for today. First off, go out and tell everybody I'm back. Men of Abundance is back. We're going to be getting on a regular schedule again, sharing you all of these amazing conversations. The second action step is go leave a rating and review 
for Men of Abundance on your favorite podcast player or Apple iTunes, specifically Apple because that's where the mecca of podcasts is at. They all go through there. So please, if you have access to Apple, leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, or at least on your favorite podcast player. Take a screenshot of the episode that you're of your favorite episode or the one you're listening to post it on social media hashtag men of abundance and tag me especially if we are connected on that platform I'm on Instagram LinkedIn Facebook Pinterest TikTok (laughs) I'm on all of them so be abundant in your actions today make sure you pay it forward however you see fit and leave a rating and review now go out and live your life of abundance And make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.